Hi, everybody. I am Mel Scott, and this is the Eyes Free Fitness Podcast 26. This podcast is brought to you today by Blind Alive LLC, and I'd like to encourage people to go to the website and subscribe to the newsletter because I've got four new workouts in the works, and they're going to be coming out soon. October and November is when uh, I intend to release these next workouts, and people that subscribe to the newsletters are going to be the first ones to get the news that they are out and about and available. So go sign up for the newsletter, and you will be one of the first ones to know uh, what's coming up. And I'm very excited about them. The music is being composed as we speak, and I think they're going to be good. We've got a really basic yoga, and we've got a chair Pilates workout, and then we've got two floor mat Pilates workouts in the works as well, so you don't want to miss that. Today, Lisa and I are introducing our new segment on books. We're going to be just talking about books from time to time that both of us have read that have helped us. And today is going to be the first of that series. And the book today is going to be Water with Lemon. And after that, there's going to be a Fitness Speak section done by me on exercising when you have edema and swelling at the joints and edema in general. And that'll be it for us today. So let's jump right in. Let's book it. So today is the first of our new Book It series, and Lisa and I are going to begin with a book called Water with Lemon. It's by Stephen Moss and Zonia Foco. And if I get that wrong, Lisa, you will correct me in just a minute. And so what we're going to do with the Book It series is we're going to review books that are related to health and well-being. And today, uh, we're just going to jump right in to Water with Lemon, and Lisa's going to, to start us off by telling us about the first of the eight habits that the book talks about. And Lisa, if you have any other comments about Water with Lemon, let's, let's go to it. Sure. I found this book on Bookshare. It is also available on Amazon Kindle. The thing that really grabbed me about this book was that it is a story. It tells you someone's story and how habits were implemented. So if it had just been a book that said something like eight lifelong habits to effortless weight loss, well, I don't know. There are so many of those out there, but this told stories of real people. And the story in and of itself was compelling and just made the habits seem that much more so. Yeah, it made it it made it easier to to read just to really grab 
grab hold of the the habits. I mean, it was a fun it was a fun read. It was. It wasn't just like I'm sitting down to improve my mind. It was uh, really very good. But the central outline or framework of the book is these eight habits. And the first one is find the fats and know the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Choose foods that are as low in fat as possible and then add back limited amounts of the good fats. And, you know, they talk in more detail about different kinds of fats and helping you know basically what you should do. They walk you through it with real-life examples. So the good fats, as you know, most of us know, are the, the olive oils, the coconut oils, the nut oils. Um, and the nuts, too. That's more my my thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it, it's actually okay to eat butter. Uh, butter is not a horrible, terrible thing. Um, if you can find the butter that is made from more organic, you know, dairy products, you know, dairy products that don't have the estrogens and the growth hormones and that kind of thing, it's okay to cook with butter because butter cooks well at a high temperature. And, you know, you don't saturate things in butter, but it's not a horrible, terrible thing anymore. And also, low-fat foods are, are not necessarily the best thing. A lot of times if it says, you know, fat-free yogurt or fat-free this or that, they've added a lot of sugar to it, which is what you, you don't you don't want that. So anyway, I can get off talking about fats. So <laughs> go ahead. I find that a little bit of fat can be very satisfying. I would rather have, for example, a teaspoon of butter than a tablespoon of low-fat butter substitute something or other. Oh um, my gosh, no way. I, yeah, and I think it's better for us overall. Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, honestly, I don't worry about fat. Um I I mean, I love avocados and I'll just sit and eat a whole avocado or you know, I I don't I don't worry too much about the fats, but I'm I'm very careful about the carbs. Okay. So, um the second one is eat breakfast. And we need to eat breakfast every day. And I know that a lot of people don't enjoy breakfast. They say, oh, I'm sick in the morning or I'm nauseous. I don't feel well. Uh, What I recommend is just start nibbling a little bit because your body needs to get your metabolism going. And, you know, maybe just eat a couple of nuts or eat a little piece of toast with some peanut butter on it or just even eat a few bites of it. And that way, you know, you can begin to, to up how much you eat in the morning. And your breakfast needs to contain a protein and a complex carb like multigrain bread or sprouted bread or eggs or yogurt and fruit. So if you can get those those things in your breakfast in the morning, it's going to be um, really set you up for the whole day. And part of that habit, too, is to stop eating 
three hours before you go to bed at night. And if you can even stretch that out to, to more than three hours, that's great. I, for myself, I, I cut my food and take off at six um, or right around six uh, at night. And I know some people can't do that, but that's one of the ways that I find really easy to control my weight. Breakfast is so important, I think. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, Mel, but I've noticed that more than any other meal, everyone is trying to tell us what we should eat for breakfast. For years, it was, you should have cereal. <laughs> um, I hear a lot of people now saying, you should have smoothies. And if you like smoothies, perfect. I, for some reason, don't, especially in the winter. Eating something cold for breakfast doesn't move me. Um, neither really does drinking my breakfast. Um, so I found that what works well for me is, if nothing else, to definitely have some protein. And that can be some turkey or eggs or hummus or whatever, depending on how much time I have and what I have there. So if you don't eat breakfast because, oh, well, I've always heard you should eat yogurt for breakfast and I can't stand <laughs> yogurt, you know, I really encourage you to branch out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oatmeal. I love oatmeal in the morning. Yeah, that's especially we're coming up like September, October, November, when it starts to get cold, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good deal. But you got to be careful what you put on that oatmeal, and that brings <laughs> us to our third habit, which is tame your sweet tooth. If something is sweet and it's not a fruit, then it's filled with sugar. And sugar substitutes basically fool you and make you think that you are getting something sweet and you end up craving more and more. I forget the statistics exactly, but I've read that artificial sweeteners have thousands more times sweetness per tablespoon than do natural uh, sweeteners. Oh, it's so bad for you. The, the whole diet sweetener thing just, it, it makes me crazy because your body doesn't understand and it, it makes us crave more sweet. And once you get that sugar and diet, you know, diet sugars, artificial sweeteners out of your diet, you begin to taste the sweetness in vegetables and fruits and grains that you didn't taste before. Yeah, people say vegetables aren't sweet. And it's like, yeah, they are sometimes. I mean, like, this time of year, it's, for me, it's all about the tomatoes. And you get those little grape or cherry tomatoes, and they're so nice and sweet. Oh, um, they're fabulous. Funny thing happened to me about 15 years ago. I had something with artificial sweetener in it, and all of a sudden I got a tremendous headache. And you only have one or two of those before you say, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I really want to eat this anymore. And I think I'm definitely better off for having that out of my life. Oh, definitely. Yep, yep. Don't do that. Definitely not that. So to go on to the next one, um, 
which kind of comes off of, of that, the artificial sweeteners are, are not food. They are um, manufactured in a factory in a chemistry lab, and it, it isn't food. And so the, the fourth habit is to, I think it's the fourth one, um, the fourth habit is to eat close to the, to the farm or eat close to the ground. And what I like to say is eat what grows up from the ground and what comes off of the trees. And if you are a meat eater, you eat, you eat the, the animals, the meat that eat what comes off of the ground or from the trees. And also from eat the plants that come from the ocean and the wildlife that comes from the ocean. That's what, that's what food is, berries and seeds and nuts. And um, even there's, I personally am not a big fan of, of grains all that much. I mean, I do eat grains, quinoa and um, millet and some of the the older type grains. Wheat, the, the, the new wheat is really not that great for our digestion, and corn is really not so great for our digestion. The corn that the Native Americans ate and the indigenous cultures is a whole different thing pretty much from what we're eating today. So we need to be careful about the, the kinds of food that we're eating. The, one of the rules of thumb is when you go into the, the supermarket, eat on the outside of the, the grocery store. The, the more you go into the, the middle of the grocery store, that's where you're going to find all the things in the boxes that are um, in boxes that are processed. They don't look like food. They don't smell like food. They don't feel like food. And you know they 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 have a whole lot of packaging around them i i love going into to um like farmers markets or into the supermarket and just feeling the fruits and the vegetables i mean i know people think i'm a little bit crazy cuz sometimes i'll say to, i'll say to my husband come over here look at this pepper isn't this the most beautiful thing you've ever seen and you know i know people are saying gosh she's she is nuts but i really appreciate the the beauty of the food and the smells of the food, that, that's part of the whole eating, um, you know, joyfully eating. So, you know, that's, that's my thing about um, eating, eating close to the earth. And I can get very excited about the topic, as you can tell. Definitely. Uh, we go from eating close to the earth to drinking close to the earth, in essence. Uh, you're never going to find a well that is just overflowing with Kool-Aid or Gatorade or soda or energy drinks. And the fifth habit talks about the importance of drinking water. And that one is so vital because it helps fill you up and make you full. I was just reading research this morning that people who had water before meals lost weight because they were fuller. And it also helps rid your body of toxins, of things that you truly don't need. And to me, it just tastes good. 
And you can always put lemon in it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just going to say a lot of people really like it with lemon or other things in it. I don't mind that. But for me, I just usually just drink it straight up and cold. I mean, that's perfect first thing in the morning. Kind of gets the frog out of your throat and the fog out of your brain, sort of. Um, You know, so that really, it's a short habit. It's a simple one, but one that its importance really can't be overemphasized. Yeah, and the the other thing about water, and I harp on this all the time, is uh, drink it. Drink it when you wake up in the morning, you know, so that your all of your cells can re rehydrate. Your body can do some very strange things when it gets dehydrated. And I think a lot of times we're walking around in a state of dehydration and we don't even know it. And a lot of pain that we feel in our larger muscles are coming because we are dehydrated. And our blood and brain and digestive system needs the water. And so if there's not enough water in our body, those organs, the kidneys and digestive system and brain and and the blood will actually pull water away from the muscles because it has to, to in order for them to function. And that can cause pain. So drinking enough water can actually help eliminate pain. So that's that's a big one. And so to move on to the the sixth habit um, that they talk about in the in the book is stop eating when you're full. And I think if you're drinking that that glass of water before you eat, you're gonna be um, a little bit full already. And another thing you can do is to put uh, put your food on a smaller plate so that it, it feels like you're eating uh, more food. You can use a, a smaller fork or a smaller spoon um, to, and, you know, take, take smaller bites. And also, we need to chew our food. We need to chew our food a whole lot more than we're actually doing because chewing is the beginning of the digestion process, and that's what our teeth are for, and the saliva is for. It breaks down the food, and if if we don't chew our food well enough, then we actually end up losing a good bit of the nutritional value because um, the stomach and the digestive enzymes and acids and stuff have a hard time breaking down those larger chunks. So, chew a lot. And the thing is, the more you chew, the less hungry you are. And I like to say, stop eating when you're tired of chewing. You know, if you're tired of chewing, then, you know, you don't really need to be eating anymore. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a big help. And, And eating mindfully, chewing mindfully, and paying attention to what's going into your mouth, goes a long way to um, to helping you control your proportions. Definitely. I know for me, the other thing that helps is if I start my meal with even just a cup of broth or some broth-based soups, I personally don't always like putting my food on a smaller plate. 
because it sometimes seems like that's harder to manage. I'd rather have room to, to maneuver a little bit. But I find that if I have that broth or something ahead, that helps. And so does chewing. Um, I remember being in college and really just eating on the run and (laughs) getting, unfortunately, quite good at putting something in my mouth and just kind of swallowing, uh, which is bad news, you know. And I think we really don't as a society, we don't like to chew. If you think about the foods now that are pushed to young children, you see a lot of like SpaghettiOs and you see <laughs> chicken nuggets and those chicken nuggets are never as firm as chicken. <laughs> and you think about the appetizers and the snacks and even the desserts that we have and there, so many of them are soft and If you eat, as I like to think of it, chewy foods, if you're eating, you know, broccoli and carrots and cauliflower and greens and nuts, uh, yes, and beans, you know, fiber-rich things too, you will feel fuller and you'll know. And, you know, I think too, we're so used to being stuffed that we don't recognize when we're just satisfied. Right, I think so, and I I think the programming, and I I know for me that comfort food is soft food, mm-hmm. and soft food is usually pretty processed, and you know, so it, it's maybe kind of reframe your idea about what comfort food is. Or find comfort foods that fit. I mean, my one of my comfort foods is mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, you know, true confession time here. Yeah. But I find that hummus will fill that same kind of creamy texture that I crave. Now, it's not hot, although who knows? I've never heated it, but that's <laughs> um could be disastrous too. <laughs> Don't try this at home. Um, <laughs> but you know, that satisfies um, that for me. So sometimes you can find substitutions. And no, it's not exactly the same. But it's good in its own right. And it's good enough. It's close enough. Uh, what I love to do, talking about mashed potatoes, is mixing mashed potatoes with um, cauliflower. You know, I don't mix them, but I've had mashed cauliflower by itself, and that's delicious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of other things. Uh, I mix uh, turnips or... Yeah, mashed turnips are good. Um, celeriac or um, um, parsnips, you know, any of the, any of the, any of those, you know, with potatoes, you know, and, and you can, I mean, and the kids like that. I mean, yeah. you put enough salt and butter in it, and you're, you're good to go with garlic. I mean, it's fabulous. Yeah, let's not forget the garlic. Oh, yeah, no. You've got to have the garlic and the pepper. <laughs> and, you know, one thing, too, that keeps you full, and it, it sounds kind of weird, but it's not letting yourself get that hungry in the first place. I don't know about you, but I might have the best of intentions, and I'm hungry and 
those good intentions or that common sense goes out the window. Um, the seventh habit suggests that you eat often, every two, two and a half, or three hours, whatever's convenient for you. And this really does depend on the individual. And I think it also depends on what you have. I find that if I have more protein-rich foods, I'm satisfied longer. Whereas if I'm eating other kinds of things, then, you know, I may need to eat a little bit more often. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I do that. I eat. I kind of graze all day. And what, what, what works for me, and everybody is different, but what, what I do is I front load my calories at the beginning of the day. And then as the day goes on, I, you know, cut, I cut the calories. And, you know, I, I kind of gauge how much I eat according to the activity of the day or the day before. And, you know, everybody gets their own, has their own system of, of what works. But generally, I'm thinking eating every couple of hours, eating something, you know, a few nuts or a few berries or something is, is a good it's a good way to go to keep your, your blood sugar leveled out so that you don't start really binging and, and craving um, the foods that you don't need to be eating. Um, which, which takes us into the eighth habit, which is my favorite one. It's, um, I call it binge day. And, and I do this for, I do this for myself. And what the, the habit is that you can occasionally eat the mashed potatoes and eat, for me, it's French fries. I am a French fry nut. I love them. And I eat them on Friday night <laughs> or Saturday, you know. I usually have a binge meal during during the, the week. And and, and I get to choose, you know, if I'm feeling like I want five pieces of pizza, I'll eat it, you know. But I'm very careful after that, you know. And, and usually when I've done that, I feel so disgusted and gross that it's pretty easy to not, to not to, you know, to do better the next day. But it's actually good for your body to to change it up a little bit. It fools your body um, and it, it actually helps you lose weight if you have a binge meal occasionally. And you don't have to go crazy, but you can eat some things that you don't ordinarily eat and do it without guilt. Um, so, in, you know, enjoy it. If there's a birthday or there's a, a special something or for for me I I do it once a week and I eat something that I just really love that I don't I don't do any other day of the week and on Thanksgiving and Christmas and those days I do exactly what I want to do and and then I'm careful after that so it's okay to do that occasionally and that's that's the eight hat eight habits. And so um, really, we pretty much covered, you know, the main parts of the of the book. And you, you can find it on Bookshare. And it's a fun read. You can just um, get the, you know, get the book and take notes or, or not take notes and just kind of take the philosophy into your, into your system. 
Yeah, and because it is a story, I think it's easier to remember the various habits and such. I would like to close with a quote from the book that I think summarizes the overall philosophy and the kind of mentality of being gentle, being gentle with yourself. One good habit is a return to nutritional sanity. You can't try to lift a glass of water. You do it. Don't push the habits. Let the habits push you. Take one tiny step, only one. Then look around, see what you see, feel what you feel. Know that that single step is a great success in and of itself. And then, when you're ready, take another step and then another. And never let yourself fall into the diet mentality trap again. Never let any of it make you feel guilty or anxious or worried. Never. It's time now for Fitness Speak. Hi, today on Fitness Speak, we're going to talk about edema in relationship to exercise. Edema is swelling. And edema can be caused by a lot of different things. It can be caused by arthritis. And the most common arthritis is osteoarthritis, which is the arthritis that occurs when there is a misalignment in the body and a joint wears differently, not symmetrically. And what happens is the cartilage in the joint, the cartilage is that soft, spongy kind of um, tissue that you feel in your ears. If you feel your ears, that's cartilage. If you feel the tip of your nose, that's cartilage. Well, that same type of material exists between all of your joints. And that is the shock absorber of our body. And if that wears away then we end up having bone on bone, and bone on bone hurts. It happens as we grow older. It happens if we have misalignments in our body that cause asymmetries, which make the bones, the joints, wear differently from one side to the other. If you are overweight, uh, if you carry a lot of extra weight, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the joints, particularly the knees seem to be uh, one of the the joints that have the most um, effect when you have overweight. Uh, Knees are very complex joints and they're fragile in their own way. And so the swelling can happen in the knees. You'll hear somebody say, I've got water on the knee. And that's pretty much what it is. It is a uh, confluence of fluids that happen within the joint capsule, and it is very uncomfortable. It makes your your joints look strange and puffy, and they hurt, and they're hot, and that can happen from the arthritis. Those symptoms can also happen when you are injured, if you sprain your ankle or uh, if you have a bone fracture or if you, you know, have uh, tendons or ligaments that are inflamed or have been um, 
injured, you may hear someone say, I have tennis elbow. That's a uh, inflammation of the tendons in the elbow. Uh, that can all cause swelling and edema. Those can be treated with rest and ice and compression and elevation. A lot of you have probably heard about rice. If you've been injured, then you need to absolutely, of course, talk to your doctor. If you have a broken bone or a strain or a sprain or whatever um, at the joint, then you need to be careful about exercising. But after a few days when the swelling goes down, you can begin gently exercising that again. If you have edema or lymphedema that is caused by poor circulation, so let's say your legs swell, and there hasn't been an injury, but, you know, your legs are puffy. That can be related to congestive heart failure, uh, or it can be related to just not exercising. You know, if you're sitting in one position for a really long time, your ankles can swell. If you're on an airplane for a very long time, your ankles can swell because the circulation in your body can't pump the fluids back up to your trunk where your kidneys and your heart can work with that fluid. So if you're riding on a plane or sitting in a chair for a very long time, you need to move. You need to get up and move or you need to pump your ankles, move your, t move your feet, you know, in a circle or whatever you can do to help that blood to pump back towards your heart. You know, with us standing all day, gravity takes its toll. Fluids go down. And if you don't have strong muscles, that fluid has a very hard time coming back upstream. And it has to come back upstream. So the, the valves in your veins, veins are the, um, the vessels that bring the blood back to your heart. And if those valves aren't strong, the blood and fluid are going to end up in your feet and your ankles, and it can't get back. It can't get back up again. So you need to pump your legs. Pumping your legs and moving helps our bodies to move that fluid back. So exercise is, is very, very important if a doctor has said, no, you absolutely can't exercise. If you can't exercise, you can still, in most cases, lie on your bed and put your feet in the air. Just put your feet straight up in the air. I do that. I do that all the time because I figure my body needs a rest. You know, it needs, it, those valves in my veins need, need a rest. So just put your feet up in the air. It's very restful to lie on your back and rest your feet up against a wall. And it helps that fluid move down and into your trunk of your body so that your kidneys can take care of that fluid. So I've talked a little bit about edema due to poor circulation and due to injuries. And both of those things we can help through exercise. There is another type of edema, which is usually called more commonly lymphedema. 
And that can happen when you've had surgery. You may have encountered either yourself or somebody else that has had a kind of a surgery like a, a mastectomy or something where their lymph nodes have been removed. Lymph nodes are little pockets of nodes that filter out that lymphatic fluid in our bodies. And if a lot of lymph nodes have been removed due to malignancies, that fluid doesn't move back into your trunk like it's normally supposed to. And what happens is that fluid then gathers in, in say, your arm. Let's say you've had a mastectomy or you've had some lymph nodes removed in your armpit area. Um, that fluid gathers in your arm and your arms get fat. I mean, they just get so puffy and it is very uncomfortable. And once it's there, it's challenging to resolve. You need to go to a lymphatic drainage specialist. There is a specialist that does lymphatic drainage and I promise you it is a very important treatment to have, particularly if you have lymphedema um, in the arms after, say, a mastectomy. But also, if you have surgery in the lower um, extremities, you can also have that same type of lymphedema in your legs, and a lymphatic drainage specialist can help that a tremendous amount. A doctor may prescribe to you a compression garment. And if you're going to fly, and if you've had breast cancer, um, mastectomies, and where you have lymph, have had lymph nodes removed, it's important to wear those compression garments on your arms. I wear compression garments on my arms whenever I get on an airplane. Even though I had a few lymph nodes removed in each side, and I've never had problems with lymphedema, I still wear those compression garments on my arms because there is a risk that that lymphedema can happen, and if it happens, it's very difficult to get rid of. There are also compression garments for your legs, and they're not the most comfortable things in the world, but it's a lot better than getting lymphedema due to um, being you know, on an airplane, or if you have poor circulation in your legs, or you have something call, called claudication, those compression garments are, are crucial to helping to control that swelling and edema. You can also get that edema in your legs, in particular if you are pregnant, and the swelling in the lower extremities is really quite common with pregnancy. And there's nothing wrong with you when you are pregnant. That edema just happens because of all the things that are going on in your body when you're pregnant. A great way to handle edema when you're pregnant is to get into water and exercise and move your body in water because that eliminates that pressure on the baby, and it really helps that pumping action for the fluids to move back up through into your trunk so that your kidneys and lymphatic um, lymph nodes can handle that 
that fluid. So working out in water when you have edema is a fabulous way to do it. Another way to exercise is to elevate. Put your legs in the air and exercise. You can do you know, bicycles or whatever with your legs in the air. You can exercise with, exercise with your hands above your head. You know, you want to get that above your heart so the fluids can move towards the trunk of your body. So you can move that way, keeping your limbs above your heart. Stick your legs up in the air. Stick your arms up in the air. Just move, okay? That's the thing. Move. Also, pumping. Keeping that pumping action going is, is a great way to get that swelling under control and to, to prevent the swelling. If you have swelling on joints or wounds, you need to use ice and rest and compression and elevation and let it heal. Relax. Just let it heal. And our bodies are miraculous and they will do the best they can to heal themselves if we help it along by preventing the situations that are going to cause the edema in the first place. Exercise is one of the best things that you can do to prevent the edema from ever happening. Also, strength training, doing yoga, lifting weights, balance, using your muscles because muscles are what hold our bodies together, not bones. The weight isn't supposed to be on our bones. If we have strong muscles, the bones will have the pressure taken off of them. Muscles are what we use to, to move the bones. It's not the other way around. You know, we've got joints, but the muscles are what move us. So keep your muscles strong, keep your circulation strong, and you can prevent a huge amount of edema. You can prevent the arthritis by taking care of your body alignment and your posture. Keep those joints wearing evenly. Take care of your shoes, take care of your feet. It, it's obviously, I get very excited about it. Anything that has to do with the body, I'm excited about it. So that's all about edema and swelling. That's what I'm going to say. You do need to check your, with your doctor if you have swelling before you start any kind of exercising. Prevent it. That's the best key. Move and prevent it from happening in the first place. Happy moving, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Do you have dreams of getting fit and healthy? Only to have them shattered. Blind Alive is here to help. We offer competitively priced, eyes-free workouts with complete descriptions designed for you, whatever your level of health or fitness. You can download or purchase CDs, and if you have any trouble, support is just a click or call away. Check us out today at www.blindalive.com. And if you like what you find, be sure to tell your friends. Don't just live, be alive.
Okay, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the water with lemon and learning about the eight habits for better health. And I hope you learned something about your body that you didn't know before. And really want to encourage you to go to the website blindalive.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and that way you'll be one of the first to know about what's happening next. There's a lot going on, and I want you to know about it. I hope you want to know about it. Also, you can go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Our community tends to not go review podcast because it's maybe it's an accessibility issue. I don't know, but I would really appreciate it if you could make that effort to go to iTunes and rate our podcast or write a review because it'll help us to know how we can do it better. Also, if you are inclined and you have ordered something from Amazon from us, if you will go and write a review on Amazon for our products, I know it's a hassle, but it would be very helpful to us because that's how we get rated on Amazon and iTunes. And if you like us, we need to know, but more importantly, Amazon and iTunes, they need to know so that we can get the information that we need to continue improving. So that would help a lot. Have a wonderful day. Go to blindalive.com, Twitter at blindalive, Facebook at blindalive. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to support at blindalive.com, and one of us will definitely get in touch with you. If you have any comments, feedback, we want to know it. So go to support at blindalive.com in the email, and that's it. Fabulous. Talk to you next time. <laughs>